to the Savannah Zombie Podcast, a podcast of author Josh Vasquez. That's me. And it's the podcast where I talk about all kinds of things, uh, nerdy things, writing, books, movies, and uh, occasionally zombies. Which this month, Spooky Month, as I have taken to calling October for some reason. Uh, yeah, we're talking about zombie movies. We're talking about the zombie movies that influenced me and made me want to grow up to be the zombie author that I am. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyways, hey, uh, I record these, uh, if you're listening for the, like, first time ever. Hey, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, I record these on my way to work and, um, kind of just off the cuff. Don't edit them. I leave all the gaffes and all the goofs in, except for the major ones, like when I messed up the intro this morning. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. Hey, um, how's it going? It's a uh, it's, uh, bright, uh, well, <laughs> it's a dark <laughs> early Tuesday morning uh, when I'm recording this. And uh, yeah, so I'm on my way to work. And uh, yeah, anyways, so this week's episode... 28 days later, um, and a little bit of 28 weeks later, uh, we'll get into towards the end there, uh, but again, these episodes are, if you've listened to the past two, um, I talked about Night of the Living Dead, and then I talked about the Dawn of the Dead remake last week, and uh, these are not definitive episodes on these movies, so if that's what you're looking for, this is not the place for you, this is just musings and ramblings and just incoherent babbling on my part about these movies and why they uh why they mean so gosh darn much to me um and uh yeah so these really just uh just kind of talking about just a few movies in particular um about how they kind of influenced me and uh the Savannah zombie novels and i guess the north pole zombie novels as well um so yeah 28 days later um again uh as i've said in the previous episodes if you have not watched the movie that i am talking about do yourself a favor stop this podcast there's a little button it's got two vertical lines on it that means pause you could push that button go watch the movie and then come back to this i would highly recommend you digest it <laughs> in that order. Um, but I'm also going to assume that since you clicked on this podcast episode titled 28 Days Later, you probably watched the movie and um, you've probably seen it. Uh, yeah, so um, I did something. I did something weird that I don't normally do for uh, the podcast. But, you know, I was trying to be like a little bit more. I trying to be a little bit more professional, y'all. Um, I, uh, I did a little research last night and by research, I mean, like, I just like read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, so I just wanted to read up on it cause like I haven't watched it, um, in a while. I actually just downloaded it, uh, onto my phone, uh, to kind of watch like in, in, in the spare time this week. Um, Yeah. And uh, so I'll be watching that this week, uh, but I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I'm kind of going off, uh, off memory more than usual. Um, so yeah, 28 days later, uh, it's one of the 
basically one of the movies that kind of reinvigorated and brought the zombie genre kind of back to the forefront. Um, it was really kind of this, you know, they, they say it's a low-budget movie. It was, I think, uh, the budget for it was £8 million, pounds, which I don't really know what that converts over into American dollars. Um, but I also was kind of like, as I was reading last night, I was like, so is it 8 million pounds? Like sometimes it would be $8 million. I'm like, so which one is it somewhere in there, which that might not seem like a low budget. Um, but you know, in the grand scheme of like movie making, you know, that's, that's pretty small for a, a, a major, uh, you know, production. Um, but the thing about it is it does incorporate a lot of like uh, low budget uh, kind of techniques and stuff like that and um, it really uh, I think the ending gross gross profits or I guess the ending profit of the movie was like it was around like 85 million so you know that's that's pretty dang good for an, an eight million dollar slash pound movie um, so yeah, and it's it, 28 Days Later is seen as one of the movies that's kind of uh, that invigorated the the zombie genre in the early 2000s and uh, really kind of kicked off the whole wave of uh, zombie madness that kind of went throughout uh, that first decade of the 2000s. Um, it's pretty much uh, waned out. It's kind of uh, laying dormant uh, for the time being, probably. So something else uh, reinvigorates it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's uh, it's it's weird because like zombies uh, prior to you know those early two thousands, like it was kind of like a niche genre. Like uh, like there was really, I mean, there was a ton of zombie movies, but like they weren't like. They weren't as big as they as they were. Um, it was kind of more. Uh, it was more of a, a nerdy thing until like the they became more mainstream kind of deal. Um, and I think one of the ways that Twenty Eight Days Later uh, did that is they uh, kind of gave us the fast zombies. And uh, the fast zombies, they're not the slow shambling like lurkers, you know. The, uh, really slow zombies that we got from like George Romero's movies and stuff like that and like pretty much like the go-to idea for zombies uh, they gave us these fast like insane like raged out like zombies um, and people will argue whether or not the zombies in 28 days later are actual zombies um, that referred to as infected the word zombie I don't think they ever said in the movie um, they are technically infected with a rage virus, um, and it's not the traditional, like, zombie kind of deal. Um, it's not, uh, like, you know, if a zombie bites you, you die, you turn into a zombie. It's, it's more of an infection, more of a, a, a viral-based kind of, uh, kind of deal. And, um, yeah, so it really was like, it, it was this fresh take on zombies, um, and it really just was like, oh, zombies are scary again kind of deal. And a lot of movies followed suit with the fast zombies, um, which kind of would like, you would see kind of like this debate, which, which are better, slow zombies, fast zombies, um, kind of uh, unfold within the, the zombie community, I guess. Which at this time, uh, at the point that this movie comes out, I see it came out in 2002. Um trying to think so I was thinking about it yesterday the 
first time, or I guess my first experience with this movie, wasn't actually seeing the movie itself. It was uh, hearing a friend of mine describe it and like talk about scenes in it. Um, and his name was uh, his name was Adam, and he was pretty much like the older brother that I didn't have um, like in my teenage years. And uh, I just remember uh, hanging out with his uh, younger brother, who was my age. Um, and uh, I think Adam had come home from like a date or something like that from the movies. They had saw this movie 28 days later, and he was just describing the uh, some of the scenes in it and just how like how crazy they were. And uh, he's very, <laughs> very, uh, he's very animated with the storytelling. Um, and uh, I was like, it's like almost like it was almost like going to the movie. And um, so yeah. I was like, man, I really, I really got to see this. I, again, like, like the Dawn of the Dead remake. I don't remember like that first time I actually saw this movie. Um, but it definitely became one of those ones that I was like, okay, yeah, this is going in the uh, the zombie uh, hall of fame here. And uh, yeah, just oh man, there's so many good things about this movie. Um, between just like like the acting's like super. It's pretty good, um, especially for like most of the actors when they filmed this, like they were unknown. Now, of course, like like Cillian Murphy, like everybody like knows who he is because he's been in just like stuff from like uh, the Dark Knight and um, the Batman Begins trilogy, um, and uh, he's been recently in uh, the Peaky Blinders series on Netflix, which I never got around to watching. Um, but yeah, he's just like this huge. Uh, huge uh, actor and then the other supporting cast Naomi Harris and um, the uh, others for the most part were uh, unknown there's a couple of a uh, couple of uh, more famous uh, British actors uh, since I mean they're technically all British but like as far as uh, famous goes they um, Brendan Gleeson and then Christopher Eccleston obviously more well known in England uh, than they were in America at the time and I found this out while I was doing my uh, in quotations uh, research last night um, I did not I did not ever like put together the um, that Brendan Gleeson is the father of Dom Hall I, I hope I'm saying that Dom Hall Gleeson um, who plays uh, uh, Hutch in uh, the new Star Wars uh uh, uh, trilogy. One of the what's the word I'm looking for? It's early, okay. Leave me alone. Words are hard. Um, so, yeah, but he plays uh, Dom Hall Gleason. Uh, also, uh, non Star Wars things. He's also in. Um, is it Hutch? <laughs> for some reason, I'm thinking Hitch, but like, nah, that man Hitch is uh, that's Will Smith and Kevin. G <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, and uh, Ex Machina, uh, which another, you know, really good movie you should go check out when you're not listening to this podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I never, I never put that connection together. And then, um, of course, like, Brendan Gleeson's in a ton of things. Uh, Christopher Uxon is also in a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think he was a doctor. I think he was a doctor in Doctor Who once. Um what, what is it? What is it? I feel like there's another big thing that he's in, and see, I did research last night, but it, it's almost like I didn't. It's almost like I didn't. So if this is not your first time listening to the show. You're like, oh, this is just regular old Josh, just rambling about about things. And then if 
you're new to the show, this is pretty much what it's like rest of the time, even even when I do research. So, uh, uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, but the actors, yeah, like, they weren't, like, you know, well-known. Like, they are kind of, like, so they had this, like, unknown um, take to them. So that uh, when you're watching the movie, you're, like, you're kind of not distracted by, like, oh, there's a big-name person over here, there's a big-name actor over here kind of deal. I guess unless you're watching it in Britain, and then you're kind of like, oh. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, like, just, like, the way this movie starts off, like, it just, uh, like, it just immediately starts. And uh, the pacing in this movie is, like, so well done. And one of the things I learned last night as I was doing my research, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that because I never do it, um, is that uh, they shot the majority of this movie in, um, like, in the way that it's, like, uh, like, like in the way that we see it as watching the movie. Um, they shot it in uh, succession and stuff like that, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, you don't see that a lot in uh, making movies. A lot, of, you know, this scene shot here, this scene shot here, kind of depending on like scheduling and and you know when you can when you could film in certain places and stuff like that. But they were actually able to shoot most of it um, in sequence, um, which is really cool. And I think a part of the way that they were able to do that um, was, uh, and it's you know been talked about countless times before. Most of the information that you hear on today's episode is really you know it's not new. Um, you can pretty much hear it anywhere else. But uh, they used uh, uh, digital video cameras um, uh, to shoot a lot of the scenes, um, so that allowed them a quicker setup and takedown. Um, whereas opposed to like a traditional film camera, uh, it takes a lot longer to, uh, I guess, set up the shots and stuff like that. So it's just real, like, kind of like, it is like, kind of almost like, uh, even though like this low, in quotation, <laughs> low budget movie, uh, was $8 million to make, like, it's still like the, the methods that they use were very like, uh, low budget indie, um, kind of running gun almost, uh, with the, the way that they shot it which is really cool, and, um, they, uh, yeah, they kind of took, like, this, this, this indie movie feel, and were able to make it, um, into this mainstream, uh, movie, which I think was, again, one of the things that helped kind of reinvigorate the, uh, the zombie genre, is that people were like, oh, you can kind of take these, low budget zombie movies and actually if you do it well surprise um make a pretty decent movie out of it um and and of course you know not just make a decent movie out of it but actually be able to make a profit off of it um so i think that was one of the things that kind of really helped kickstart the uh the zombie uh um, genre back in you know movies and films and all that stuff you know from that we would eventually get the dawn of the dead remake in 2004 um with the fast zombies of kind of 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 that movie kind of uh, echoing the ones in 28 days later um 2004 we'd also get Shaun of the dead um and then from there it's just like you know it was like zombies were everywhere uh the walking dead got huge uh, with the tv show and the comics were just you know they just recently wrapped up was it last year um and you know we got world war z uh the book and the movie um yeah it was just like it was like zombies were like everywhere uh you you look and so 
I think that was one of the things that kind of like uh, like sparked uh, sparked me was uh, was writing it, uh, writing the Savannah Zombie novel. Is that uh, I remember watching The Walking Dead with uh, with a friend of mine, Avery, who, if you've read the first book, um, A New Death, then you know that you know Avery is one of the characters I put in the book. Um, I remember watching The Walking Dead uh, with him, and of course, you know, like, it was like, you know, episode would come out every week, and I think the first season, for what, the first season was only like six episodes long, um, I don't remember exactly where we were in watching The Walking Dead, but I, was, I remember telling him, I was like, hey, I have this, uh, I had written a couple of chapters of this, uh, this script that I had wrote in high school, um, it was just like the first kind of, uh, like, Proto Savannah zombie novel. Um, I had written a couple chapters just using the the script outline, and uh, I remember sending them to him. He's like, "Okay, this is this is good, um, and you know, I want you to send me more." Which you know, to me was like, "Okay, I know Avery is really not that big of a reader, um, but the fact that he's kind of wanting to read more that's that's cool." So it was just this snowball effect of me starting to write um, the the first book, A New Death, and it was basically me writing the chapter to send him to Avery, and he's like, all right, send the next one, dude, and I'm like, I gotta write it first, um, and it kind of just grew from there, and from the whole time, I'm like pulling from all these different uh, things in uh, in uh, zombie movies and games and stuff like that, just because like, this was like, I've, I've referred to A New Death as kind of my love letter to the, the zombie genre. And uh, it really was because I was just pulling from all these different things. I had the slow zombies because I really like the slow zombies, and I think that they're terrifying when they're in huge numbers. And there's only so much, you know, there's only so much you could do. Um, yes, you can outrun them, but when there's like 50 or 100 of them, you know, where where do you run? Um, but at the same time, like I love the the fast, you know, uh, raged out, infected zombie. Um, so I included those in my novel, and um, yeah, that's the, you know I took those from from the uh, 28 Days Later and the Dawn of the Dead uh, the remake, um, just because I enjoyed those, and I really wanted to mix in in uh, of zombies in my in my books, um, just because it one it kind of you can learn to deal with one of the zombies, but then all of a sudden this new type shows up and it throws like a whole monkey in the wrench, you know? And uh, it was one of the things that you know, I took from, from 28 Days Later. They kind of, they, they, they look similar with the blood hemorrhaging and stuff like that, which last night as I was doing the research, I learned that uh, they based the look of the infected and those kind of symptoms uh, it's based on uh, the Ebola virus. I guess those are some of the red eyes and then the hemorrhaging of blood and stuff like that. Like those are symptoms of the Ebola virus. And then digging a little bit further into my research, uh, I found out like, so the very first scene of 28 Days Later starts off in this like a laboratory and you can tell that there are these uh, like uh, lab chimpanzees and uh, some experiments and stuff going on them. Uh, well, it turns out like this is like where the rage virus started and they were testing it on these chimpanzees uh, But the rage virus itself is actually a mutation of the Ebola virus and that they use the Ebola virus to make it uh, Make it a contagion. I think and I was like, okay, that's probably not a good idea scientists, but you know scientists 
are always up to no good in laboratories and stuff like that. And if you're a scientist and you're listening to this, like, I'm sure you have good intentions and stuff like that. But you got to admit, I mean, scientists are always out there doing things like, hey, you know, like maybe we shouldn't do that. Like this morning, just scrolling through the Facebook feed real quick, uh, saw that the, uh, the the lovely scientists over there at the Hadron Collider are uh, they're pretty confident that we can make contact with a parallel universe within the week. Guys, what are you doing? It's 2020. We don't need any crazy science experience uh, experiments in 2020. The only science you guys need to be doing in 2020 is making a vaccine for the, the coronavirus. Like, <laughs> What are you doing? Parallel universes? Guys. Guys, scientists, come on. You got it. You got it. You got to cool it cool it out with science. <laughs> oh man. But uh yeah. So anyways, like uh my fast and infected zombies uh they uh they they're a take on 28 days later uh the infected from those and uh I have a lot of fun with writing those. I like when they show up. They kind of show up like periodically. Um, just to mess everything all up. And uh, that was another uh, fun thing that 28 Days Later did is like, you know, the traditional zombie, what do you, you have to, you know, shoot him in the head and that, that kills and stops the zombie. Uh, where with uh, the 28 Days Later infected, um, you know, they're not a traditional zombie. So it's not, you don't, the headshot, I mean, it does work because what they are is basically an infected human. Uh, but yeah, you can really like, I mean, you can decapitate and uh, uh, like just hack and slash these things too. Um, but they're super fast. And I think, I don't know if it ever is, I can't remember if it's described in the movie or not, but I feel like the idea behind it was that because they are humans, but they're infected with this rage virus, it kind of like uninhibits like the human body. Um, because like for us, like we feel pain and like we stop when like something hurts. Um, you know, we can only lift, uh, because our arms tell us, you know, and our brain tells us like, Hey, you can't lift that anymore. But when you're, uh, this infected, uh, rage, uh, thing, like those inhibitors are gone. So you're, you're at total human strength, you know, not even thinking about what it's going to do like damage wise to your body. Um, because like you can lift something really heavy, but it, you know, it tears down the muscles and stuff like that. But if you're an infected, uh, infected person, then with the rage virus, then you're not worried about that stuff. You're just worried about just destroying whatever. And that was another thing too, is like, they're not like trying to eat people. Like they're just, they're just like this rage virus just makes them super mad and they just <laughs> want to destroy everything. So it's really, it's really just a, it's a really cool take on the zombie, uh, zombie movies and stuff like that which you know we've seen done um many times over fast zombies are pretty much a staple as much as slow zombies are now which is cool because i'm fine with it i like both of them um but yeah so as i was writing the um the first uh savannah zombie novel a new death uh yeah there was a lot of uh things from 28 days later that uh that uh yeah, I wanted to kind of, kind of, in, let me influence and then uh, uh, put in, put in my story. Um, so one of the things that this movie does well too is it's based on a small group of survivors. Um, starts off with one person alone, 
Um, he gets met up with two other people, and one of those people gets killed, so now it's just two people. Then they get met up with uh, a dad and his daughter, so now it's just this like kind of core four, and uh, the movie kind of progresses, and uh, they lose one of their main characters. It's kind of this huge uh, emotional blow to the group, and then they think they find refuge with this uh, this military group, but they're really kind of like at this point, like military is like has fallen apart and uh, they're kind of a rogue uh, group kind of just using their status as military members um, to uh, bring people in um, and then you know spoilers like again if you haven't seen the movie you should have you should have paused it when I told you to go and watch the movies the whole point of them uh, like bringing people in is so that they could bring women in and use them to repopulate um, the uh, the earth because at this point like everybody thinks like this is like a worldwide thing and that everything's just gone like horribly horribly wrong um, so yeah like you get this idea of like they hit this huge emotional blow when when the father is is killed out of the group and then they think they find uh, salvation with this uh, this uh, military group and then come to find out like this is actually like the worst thing possible um, and uh, 28 Days Later is not just a good zombie movie, it's just a good f film um, on the human condition and stuff like that. Um, just like, you know, the whole the whole point at the end is like uh, Jim, the main character played by Cillian Murphy, um, there's a, a point there at, at the very end and like it's like, I guess I would say it's like the very uh, climax in... in you uh as the viewer and then uh naomi harris's character selena uh both have this brief moment of is he infected or is he alive and um it's really good it's uh just really well done and um yeah it's such a good movie i'm pretty excited about watching it again this week um but yeah so 28 days later um it was just this huge hit. Uh, it would eventually get a sequel. I think it was in 2007, which, yes, that's, I mean, it's not a long time, but it feels, I mean, it's pretty, pretty long, pretty long gap there. It's like five years. Um, but again, the zombie genre wasn't what it was when uh, 28 Days Later came out, but when 28 Weeks Later came out, you know, it's like this huge thing. So, of course, it made sense to make a sequel to it. Um, which they did, and this is 28 weeks after um, the initial um, outbreak, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good movie uh, as well. I, I enjoy 28 weeks later. A lot of people say it, you know it's not as strong as 28 days later. It's probably right. 28 days later is it's just done extremely well. Um, but as far as like sequels go, and as far as zombie novel or zombie movies go, 28 Weeks Later is definitely uh, pretty strong and pretty good up there. It's got a uh, early uh, Jeremy Renner before he was uh, before he was Hawkeye in the MCU, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's another good take because uh, again, this is 2000 when that movie came out. It's 2007. So, um, oh, one of the things about 28 Days Later is that it was filmed during 2001 and 9-11 um, happened in uh, September of that year and uh, they were actually filming the movie when that happened and there's like certain scenes in the movie that kind of echo the like aftermath of 9-11. 
which were totally unintentional because they had shot all this stuff before, uh, which the director, uh, Danny Boyles, had, had gone back and said, like, you know, if 9-11 had happened, we probably would have shot these scenes um, afterwards. But uh, they uh, shot it, like, in, yeah, so coming out after uh, 9-11, it was just very, like, it was just very much in the the in the air kind of like like the vibe was uh really really strong so with uh 28 weeks later it, the thing was is like you know like america had kind of been in this uh this middle east uh war i guess you could say um i don't know exactly where we were in 2007 it was hard to kind of keep track but um we were uh in the middle of uh fighting all of this stuff over in the middle east and uh, 28 weeks later is basically about America kind of coming into Britain and trying to help them, you know, figure things out. Um, you know, like it was kind of like NATO um, coming in, um, but you know, really it was a, kind of an American led thing, which, you know, that's what led to Jeremy Renner being there. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was this really, uh, it, it's pretty on the nose too. For the time, I don't think a lot of people give 28 weeks later um, the credit it kind of deserves. I probably need to go back and rewatch that one too, especially in the, my 2020 lenses, you know, because 2020 is always it's always hindsight, guys. Anyways, um, but yeah, so just kind of uh, this uh, little movie, little uh, look into like America trying to come in and trying to fix things, um, and you know what? Sometimes we don't. Okay. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we don't. All right. It's 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 not un-American to admit our faults. All right. It's okay. It's not unpatriotic of me. All right. Everybody, calm down. It's cool. I like America. It's the best. I don't care what everybody says right now. <laughs> all right. But still, have our flaws. Have our uh, have our stuff. We just need to learn from those flaws. We need to learn from the stuff that we have done wrong. I try not to get political on the podcast because one, it's dumb. Two, like, who cares? Three, that's not what this podcast is about. But right now, this huge thing, just like we're in the middle of the election. It's an election year. It's just so so tired of politics. I'm so tired of like the vice president debate was last week, and going on to like social media, Facebook. It was almost like. I could go down my 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 feed and and look at like through my friends and stuff like that, or you know Facebook. Not everybody's your friend, but I look through the feed and it's like it was almost like America watched two different debates, and I was like, did we not watch the same debate? Like, are we in parallel universes right now? Like, what is going on? And it's just so crazy. Like, you have one side that's like all like pro-America that they're so pro-America that they can't see America's flaw, flaw, flaws and faults that's the words I was trying to say and they and then you have the other side that wants to like to destroy everything America is I'm like guys what what are we doing like like I know like everybody jokes about like oh you know there's gonna be a second civil war but like what what what's what's going on like right now like I feel like very much like very much stuck in the middle and i'm like oh my gosh what what is what is the deal and like people are so fired up about it 
Like, let's, everybody, everybody, let's just bring it down a couple notches. It's like we don't know how to talk to each other anymore. I mean, social media has just made us just, and the internet has just made us where we feel like we can say whatever we want and there's no consequences. That's my opinion. That's my truth. I'm going to live my truth. Okay. And, like, I don't care, like, where you fall as far as the vice president, president debates and all that, but Mike Pence had a really good line in there. That's that you're entitled to your own opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. I don't care what you think about Mike Pence. I don't care what you think about Kamala Harris. But that is such a strong statement to say nowadays, because that is exactly where we are. Is like you are not entitled to your own facts. And so many people out there, like in their mind, like the truth is one thing. And it's only that one thing. And then you have on the other side, their truth is the opposite thing, opposite thing, and it's only that thing. And somehow, I start talking about a zombie movie, and now I'm talking about freaking politics, and it pisses me off, guys. It pisses me off. I'll take a second. Um, anyways, but that's I think that's the power of the 28 days later and 28 weeks later. It's like, it is like these political movies that have have kind of tied into like where we at currently and it's 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 just crazy because it's just a zombie movie and that was one of the things when i was writing uh the savannah zombie novel i you know i referred to you know all of them as kind of as one kind of unit um because it is one grand story um and yeah i'm still working on the third one i know i know i know um and uh so, it was just, uh, when I was writing it, it's like, yes, this is a good, the first one, A New Death, is like, this is just a fun zombie movie, it's just a fun, you know, fun deal, popcorn, um, but at the same time, there are these, like, deeper things that I've kind of worked into it, um, just because I feel like the zombie genre is just a great way of, like, it's just a great way of talking about the human condition, um, and 28 Days Later uh, does that, just almost, almost flawlessly. Um, and 28 weeks later does it does it pretty good too so hey um let me hit this exit music before i get too crazy we're not gonna go calm down and (laughs) go to work uh yeah so anyways hey thanks for listening i appreciate you appreciate you you listening and stuff like that um if you if you've listened before you've noticed i've updated the the ad the ad that plays at the beginning i appreciate you listening to that because i do get paid a really really small really a few pennies a few pennies for it um so yeah that little bit helps out um as far as uh, just doing this podcast and all that um valhalla books uh got the big release coming up on halloween uh the devil's do it's a horror anthology um about deals gone wrong and um yeah not everything is always as it seems and so yeah i think there's like 13 13 stories in there um and uh yeah it's pretty good uh i have a copy of it but it's just one of those fun one of those things of trying to find the time and like what i have read of it i have enjoyed and uh so you know it's 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 pretty good um i'm pretty excited about it the teaser trailer is out i appreciate if you went to youtube Gave that a thumbs up. Follow Dead Pixel Pictures on there. Uh, we will be doing a uh, release of the actual short film um, that we produced for for this book anthology. That's coming out on the 24th? 
but also I saw it's we're doing I'm not sure if it's the 24th or the 31st I gotta find that out um, sometime this month <laughs> we're doing that so uh, keep your eyes peeled for that you can follow me on Savannah Zombie Novel on Instagram that's probably where I'm the most active um, but I'm not really that active on, on, on social media. I've kind of been kind of just kind of pulling back a little bit. But uh, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, if you could leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast at, I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. And I'll see you next time. Adios. This episode of the Savannah Zombie Podcast is brought to you by Valhalla Books' upcoming anthology, The Devil's Do. Nothing is ever as it seems. Ill-begotten wealth, fame, and glory come at a high price. Featuring award-winning authors and Horror Writers Association members, The Devil's Do offers enthralling horror stories of underhanded deals gone awry. And if you pre-order it now, it'll deliver to your device on Halloween. Yes, that's right. October 31st of this year. Halloween's not canceled, y'all. So go ahead and go out there and pre-order it now. I've got a story in it. I think it's pretty good. You should definitely check it out.